and Brain, part of the Perry Veritas Network, still part of the Perry Veritas Network, the podcast where we have conversations about mental health in as down-to-earth way possible. What's up, guys? What's up there, guys? How's everybody doing? Uh, oh, goodness. Yep, yep, yep. Here we are. Still, uh, still cooking. <laughs> oh, man. I, uh, I, it's funny, you know, as time has gone on doing these uh, podcast episodes, especially the ones like this one, which are sort of, you know, solo eps, just to be solo eps, you know, at first I sort of would sit down and write out all these notes and sort of think about the different things that I want to talk about. And then I would, you know, press record and just kind of go through one by one, these different notes and things that I want to talk about. But for some reason now, you know, these days I just, it's like, you know, I start thinking about getting ready to record an app and thinking about putting notes down to, you know, start talking and things like that. And I just, you know, I'm like completely unmotivated to put notes down. Completely unmotivated to put notes down, which, you know, is, I think, happening for a couple of reasons. A couple of reasons. The first thing is, is that, I mean, if you're anything like me, this time in the pandemic has been, you know, like the movie Groundhog's Day, where you're just living the same day over and over and over and over and over and over again. And, uh, and it just gets pretty exhausting after a while. You know, it just gets pretty exhausting after a while. And then to be honest, for me, the other thing is, I, I'm trying to think how to say this in a way that is uh, sort of good and okay, <laughs> but let's just say that not everybody who is listening to these episodes is listening to them with the intent of kind of hearing what I'm talking about and really engaging in terms of, you know, like the topic of mental health is a thing that is important to talk about and we should be able to talk about these things in a way that's kind of open and honest and everything else. And, uh, um, for some reason, and my, you know, my, I've got, I've got two kids and they both sort of are under, they both are aware that I make podcasts, but they both are under a kind of strong understanding that I don't want them listening to, either one of the podcasts that I've made or any, any podcast that I made. I mean, this is, this is, this is my art form. You know, this is like what I do for self-expression. I mean, it's become, especially during the pandemic an important, well, only during, I've only done the podcast during the pandemic and here we are coming on to a year or so, but you know, doing this podcast has become a really cool and nice and important thing for me to, you know, express myself and, you think about different things and process different things. And I mean, it's not like, I mean, if you're listening to this, you're literally one of just a handful of people that listen to this. And maybe this podcast one day will have a amount of listeners that's, you know, countable and, and uh, you know, the, the sort of thing, but I mean, really, really like I make it. And then a couple of folks in my family listen, and then the handful of friends listen. And to my knowledge, like that's it. And I, I haven't even like checked you know, I haven't even gone through and like checked how many people listen to this. If I get like 
a certain amount. I think like my first episode, there were like 80 listeners or something like that. But to be honest, I think most of them <laughs> were like employees of Spotify who were just encouraged to listen to new podcasts to see what's going on and make sure there isn't anything like untowards happening in the theme of the podcast or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like if someone's putting out a podcast, that's like build the bomb. <laughs> here's how, here's how you plan a terrorist attack or something like that. And I would imagine that, you know, something would happen that would like flag that the a particular podcast and it would signal like, Oh, I'm getting 80 listeners and 70 of them are, you know, with the FBI <laughs> or something like that. Right. Like, I think that's what happened. Like they listen and just make sure that like everything is sort of good. But since then I really like, I don't get, you know, this is like a, this, this, podcast thing is is really just a a thing that I do just to do you know just because it feels good to do it it's cool it's fun it's a it's a good hobby it's healthy to talk about stuff and if one day I get a modicum amount of listeners then maybe the effort will make a difference you know but look what it requires is that like I'm able to sit here and talk openly about how I'm doing you know, that's, that's what it requires is that I can sit here and like actually talk about what's going on, you know, with, with the understanding that there's no judgment there. And the thing is, the thing that's, you know, so frustrating when it comes to thinking about issues around mental health is people talking, this is why people don't want to talk about it is that so often you know, this type of information is really used against a person, be it socially or professionally or whatever it is. It's like you feel like if you share this type of stuff with anyone, then it's going to it's going to work against you. And and look, I, I get where I get it. You know, I get it. Like, let's say I was a professional athlete and I talk about in this podcast all the time, you know, comparing and contrasting mental health issues to other types of physical, physical ailments, physical challenges that a person, that a person can have, you know, like what's, what's really all that different when you compare and contrast, you know, as I've shared in earlier episodes, like a significant knee issues that would require surgery, for example. And, you know, in any type of public setting, you can talk about that in a totally natural, normal way. Why? Because knees are parts of human bodies and everybody can relate to knee pain. And if you've never had to have knee surgery, which I haven't, thank God yet, you know, it's like, well, you can relate to needing surgery to make yourself feel. You certainly know people or have known people who have known people have heard about situations where someone needs knee surgery and you can relate to it. And it says nothing about that person as a character, only that knees have problems sometimes and you have to have them fixed. You know, and you have to like have them fixed. And so you go and you have them fixed. And just like the knee, the brain is a part of the body and, and it can have imbalances or challenges and things like that. And you have to deal with it. You know, you, you see a therapist, you, you know, find a, a, a way towards healing, get medicated if you need to be, you know, some people even have surgeries to help with various mental challenges. You know, you think about how prevalent uh, lobotomies were back in the day. And nowadays, you know, believe it or not, electroshock therapy has come back in vogue because it's shown to be helpful, uh, you know, on people at times. And so this type of like physical therapy, you're sending electric shocks into the brain and 
for some reason that helps with certain types of mental ailments and challenges. You know, I was medicated for two and a half years. I took an antidepressant. You know, it's a physical pill that you take in your body and you notice a physical difference. I mean, I, I saw colors all of a sudden. The colors had a vibrancy that it didn't have before, you know. And but the idea is, is that we, we can't talk about mental illnesses because of the type of stigmas that that they that they come along with them, you know, and it is different from requiring knee surgery, you know, because your personality isn't locked into your kneecap. It's locked into your brain. And that's terrifying, the idea that you could go through something and have a physical change in your brain and then suddenly you're a different person. Right? Because the person you are doesn't want to become a different person. <laughs> I mean, change is this constant death and rebirth cycle of, you know, the old you saying goodbye and the new you coming into focus. It's, it's happening all the time. But while you're still the old you, you don't want to be the new you because you're the old you. You don't want to die, you know. So it's terrifying and I get it. But that's why we have to have these conversations because in contrast to the knee, the brain is a really, it's just so much more complicated. It's, it's like comparing a pair of pliers to a freaking, you know, Tesla. <laughs> your brain is the Tesla and your kneecap is a pair of pliers. And that's the difference essentially in the technology that we're working with there. And so it, it, it's, you know, you're, it's way more common for a person to have an imbalance in the brain, right? It's just way more, there, there are way more people in the world who deal with and face challenges with mental health than people who deal with and face challenges with their knees. There just are, you don't have to have, you know, you don't have to like do a big study. <laughs> that information is totally fucking intuitive. There just are, you know, every single person, you know, if they live long enough is going to deal with at least situational depression, you know, I've taught, we've talked about that before. That's the people who are in mourning, you know, to be in mourning is to have situational depression. That's what that is. It's a diagnosable thing. And for the most part time and working your way through it, you, you get through it. But for some people you don't, and you need extra help. But that's why I'm doing this podcast. Not because I know there are even hundreds of listeners who are listening in, but because of the idea that like, I think it's, important and good and healthy to at least put out there a thing where we can talk openly about the challenges that we face. And how am I doing? I'm doing okay. You know, like it's a pandemic and I have had significant issues with depression and anxiety. But if I was to compare and contrast how I'm doing now, even throughout the pandemic in comparison to you know, how I was doing a few years ago, or even a year ago, a year and a half ago, you know, I have put in so much work in therapy, in the stuff I do outside of therapy, to find my way towards being healthy and whole and everything else. Now, 
a few episodes ago, what amounts to a couple months ago, I put an episode up, up called Panic Attack. And then I put a second episode up called Panic Attack Part 2. And then in the episode following, I think it was an interview episode in the beginning, in my intro, in the, you know, in the, um, in the share I did in the beginning there, I, you know, I talked more about the, the panic attack. And yeah, at that time, I absolutely was having panic attacks. Well, what did that look like? It looked like waking up at four in the morning, four thirty in the morning, and having an elevated heart rate, uh, an elevated sort of breathing pattern. You know, I was breathing fast and an inability to focus my thoughts on something healthy. Instead, I was focused on, uh, on being alone, on, on something unhealthy. What was I at that time? I was a person mourning the end of a relationship that I was pretty excited about. You know, I was doing what you're supposed to be doing when, uh, something that you're excited about is ending. You know what I mean? Like, was I not supposed to be impacted by that? But how did that translate into my daily life? Well, you know, I was certainly thinking about the situation a lot that was there. I was certainly waking up at 4.30 in the morning and having those things. And then different parts of the day, you know, kind of spiraling and those types of thoughts. But did that mean that I was unable to function as an adult? Like, was I still able to be a good father during that time? Yeah, of course. You know, was I as good of a father as I want to be? I'm never as good of a father as I want to be, ever. You know, that's just what it means to love your children, is that you can't possibly meet the standard that you would want for them. Because you just can't. And it's like anything else. When you have stress at work, when you have stress in your relationships and your friendships, then you can't be as present anywhere. And that's also true with your children, you know. So was there that? Yeah, there absolutely was that. But was I still able to function well as a father? Yeah, absolutely. You know, my kids got their homework done. My kids are fed. They're bathed. <laughs> they get attention, you know. They're safe. You know what I mean? Being a person who struggles with mental health doesn't make you a person who is not safe to be with. It depends on the mental health struggle you're going through. It just depends on where you're at. You know, there was a time in my mental health journey where a breakup like I experienced at the end of October might have meant pretty significant pathways down the thoughts of things like suicide and self-harm. That was a part of the pattern that I had a few years ago. Absolutely where that was at. But in this last one, despite the different panic attacks that I shared, you know, I, I didn't have one thought towards self-harm. Not even one. So what does that mean? You know, 
And what that is, is a reflection of progress. It's a sign of the work I've done to get to this place. It means that, you know, what I'm doing is working. But does that mean that there still aren't moments that are quite challenging and difficult? Of course not. Of course not. And I think if we're being honest to ourselves, we have to be willing to say, yeah, we're facing these things. I don't know, you know, I don't know. Uh, I, I really enjoy being able to sit down and record this and to be able to talk openly about these things, but it's challenging when some of the shares without really much of an understanding of what I'm trying to do here are kind of being used against me in a, in a way that's, you know, I don't know, kind of tough to understand. My, you know, yeah, I don't want to, uh, I'm struggling with trying to figure out how to talk about this, <laughs> as you can tell. <laughs> I don't want to, I'm hesitant to like out anyone specifically, but let's just say that either a person who I'm not sure why would listen to this podcast is listening to this podcast and then almost like keeping track of sort of what's being talked about here. Or someone who that person knows is listening to this podcast and then reporting back to them about it. And it's, it's just a little, it's just a little strange. It's just a little strange because I, 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 you know, it's not like this is like a hysterical podcast. (laughs) I, I think the only reason really to listen to it is because you're interested in this topic. You know, you're you're interested in the topic of mental health. You like hearing people's stories, and you're you're connecting with the per- with the mission of what this is all about. And if you're not listening to it with that intention or that understanding, then it just it seems to me like it just feels like a like a strange use of time. I guess is what I would say there. So what I'm what I'm going to really try to do here is, you know, sort of keep plugging away, right? Like pretend like it's, like it's not happening. And to like, sort of understand that, like, I mean, if I've got a mission, then I just, I guess I have to sort of stick to the mission, which is that these topics should not be taboo, that we should be able to talk about the things that we deal with without the judgment that people make, that it has an impact on the rest of our lives. You know, there are a lot of really high functioning, brilliant people who deal with significant mental challenges. And in fact, I would offer that the world's most brilliant people all deal with pretty significant mental challenges. I mean, history has borne that to be true. Study any genius, study any political character, any historical figure that's remembered by history. And what you're going to find is a checkered past. You know, what you're 
absolutely going to find is a person with significant internal struggle. I mean, not to be grand about it, but fucking Caesar, Julius Caesar was, you know, already a grown man with much of his life behind him when he saw a statue of Alexander the Great and a statue that commemorated all the things that Alexander the Great had achieved by his young age before his death, that Caesar then felt horribly embarrassed that he had achieved so little in comparison. And so Caesar had this like moment of waking up where he suddenly felt this immense amount of internal guilt that he hadn't achieved up to his potential. And then after that, his life went where it went. I mean, if that doesn't sound like so many lives of pampered elite that we come across today, people who born in the lap of luxury, you know, live like a hedonistic life and then have maybe a wake up call and turn around and suddenly achieve great things because they realized that they had done so little. And apparently through much of his success, even afterwards, Caesar felt like he could have achieved so much more if he had started younger, you know, (laughs) famously Abraham Lincoln was hugely depressed, severely depressed. You know, I've mentioned on the podcast, like I wonder historically if, If Lincoln wasn't assassinated, would he have been the first president to commit suicide? I think there's a chance of that. The weird historical what if, but I think there's a chance of that. Anyway. Part of the reason why I just haven't done an episode in a couple weeks is to be honest, like, I was like, do I even feel comfortable sharing right now? You know, because of that. And I think I just have to say, it doesn't matter if I'm uncomfortable. I mean, the purpose here is to share. And so if I'm not willing to do that, then, you know, then yeah, I I shouldn't, I should never have any listeners. (laughs) But if I am willing to do that, then, you know, I think that at least I'm holding true to the mission that I'm trying to accomplish here. So this was my uh, threading the needle way of kind of like naming that elephant in the room <laughs> without naming names, but making it obvious enough that if any anyone's listening that, you know, that knows what I'm talking about, they know what I'm talking about. So, uh, so yeah, how am I doing? You know, I mean, I, I'm doing all, all, all around pretty good. I mean, it, you know, all the, all the different challenges that have existed all year are still there, you know, like the groundhog's day nature of life, the, you know, not being sure when and when and how all of the weird things that are going on right now with the pandemic and politics and stuff like that, when and how that's all going to resolve itself, if it's going to resolve itself, you know, dealing with this, just the daily stresses of normal things like work, you know, the, just the normal stress of work and then the added stress of 
finding the motivation while working from home when I'm very much the kind of person that feeds off the energy of others type of deal, you know, and, and being able to do that. I mean, it's, it's all those things are still there, but what I've done is I've made sort of a little, but measurable, but a little progress on kind of every front in the past couple of weeks or so that's been overall helpful. You know (laughs) You know what I mean? Like nothing is sort of perfect, nor will it ever be. But in, you know, every kind of angle of my life, I've taken a couple of steps, most every angle of my life, I've taken a couple of steps in each place to kind of make it a little bit better. And now it's feeling sort of a little bit better. You know, that's, that's kind of where that's at. I I look at like, uh, you know, things like in politics, for example, right? Like, Oh man, just that, just the sense of relief that I felt when Biden finally started his, started working, you know, stepped, stepped into the job and Trump actually left and Biden stepped in, you know, we had called it from the beginning It is never going to be a fucking peaceful transition. Trump just wasn't going to do that and proved us right, you know? And, uh, so you just weren't sure what was going to happen there, but once once he actually jumped in and started, it's not like I'm a fan of Biden. In fact, I'm not, I'm really not a fan of Biden, but at least he's not crazy in the way that Trump is crazy. It makes me worried about like nuclear war, you know, so an immense sense of relief, an immense sense of relief. And you can feel like in the world around us, like a growing sense of this relief thing where, you know, I mean, more and more people are being vaccinated. And, and granted, the vaccines don't work for all the strains, although the different things that I've read have shown that, you know, even if you get like the British strain or something like that, if you've been vaccinated, it has an effect. Like it's not going to hit you as hard. And that's often the case that it sort of softens the illness, you know. But like I'm, I know people now who are getting vaccinated. I know, I know someone who just got their second shot and they were like, yeah, it's just that crazy sense of relief where it was like, you know, I was in the store and I, I like then went to the car and my nose was itchy. And so I scratched it. And then I didn't have this fear of like, oh, my gosh, I think I just gave myself COVID. <laughs> like, was that the nose scratch that's going to do me in? You know, like that's like the that. So it's you can feel it like all around is is there's there's a sense of relief out there that's type of that's sort of growing you know and i i feel that i feel that you know but which is to say like do i do i know exactly when for example i'm going to get my vaccine no, i've no i've got no fucking idea like i wasn't sure you know i i was like let me just guess far out and then that'll help me to sort of really pace it so i've been saying to myself like june july area at the earliest is when I can probably expect to maybe possibly be able to get vaccinated, you know, pretty healthy guy in my mid forties, right? <laughs> like at the very beginning of the phase of like the age of like maybe having to worry a little bit, but like not anywhere near where, where it could be along those lines. So, you know, someone like me, probably June, July, something like that. But then I talked to someone on the phone. They were like, yeah, October is probably it. I'm like, oh, fuck that shit. <laughs> fuck that shit. No way. No, I'm not putting October in my brain just yet. That's, that's like, the, that's like, that's too, way too far off. That's crazy talk. 
so yeah, June, July is like what I'm thinking right now. So it's like out there and it's like far, far enough away that it still feels like a whole other world from now, you know, but it's out there, you know, the different pieces, not like we don't have a vaccine. We have a vaccine. People are getting vaccinated, you know? So it's like, it's happening. I can begin to feel that sense of, that sense of relief. So, so that's there, you know, I I mean, beginning to feel some relief along those lines. Trump's not in office anymore. So there's a lot of relief there. He's also been banned from Twitter. So he can't fucking hear his voice all the time, you know, but there's still stress, you know, because it's like, well, now what is he going to do? You know, now what is he going to do? I got, I got smart. I've been, I've been really smart and good to myself in terms of how I interact with the news. And I know I've talked about that before on this pod in conversations with people. And also I think on my own, something. but I've been like pretty smart in terms of how I, how I interact with the news. I used to be a, like a real news junkie. Like that was like, I mean, I would, I would come home and put CNN on and just fucking have it in the background and just listen to it in the background. You know, I mean that, that level of, that level of intensity. And, and uh, then a number of years ago, about seven, eight years ago at this point, eight years ago, the Sandy Hook tragedy happened where, you know, the, the very disturbed man went into an elementary school and shot and killed a bunch of first graders and a bunch of other people. And, you know, that, that news story was so horrific. And my oldest was in first grade at the time. So I was like, I knew, I knew what those kids looked like. I could like really see it. And I, you know, I just couldn't handle that news story. So I, I shut that, I shut that all the way off, just all the way off. But, uh, but you still have to know what's going on, right? <laughs> like, so ultimately I found couple of podcasts that sort of filled me in. And so there were two in particular that I was listening to that was like helping me to kind of stay abreast of what was going on. One was the daily, which was a, a, a daily podcast put up by the New York times where they talk about just one news topic. They do like a half hour dive into one news topic. And then they share a couple of the extra news stories that we should at least keep an eye on. And then that's the show. The show is like 30, 37, to 40, 42 minutes long. And you just listen to that and it's one per week. And I found that I'm as informed as I need to be just from that. And then I also listened to this other show called The Politics Guys, which is a bipartisan, rational debate show between usually a, a liberal and a conservative. And it's people who know each other, who respect each other, who are, you know, who sort of represent the ideologies of the different sides. And they, and they talk about everything from the big things to the wonkiest public policy laws and things like that, that are being debated right now. So that, that kind of gets me to the, have an understanding in terms of where the real debate is at between liberal and conservative perspectives and to sort of hear that that happens, you know, <laughs> it's rare, but that, that kind of debate happens. And if, in government, people were to actually publicly talk with each other about these things that they would probably have these conversations sort of just like this. And they're also so wonky that, you know, they only talk about things that are going on sort of now. And so that's another great way for me to have an understanding in terms of what's going on. So it's not just kind of what are the major news stories? What are the big things that we should know about? But then also what's happening in government? What are the, 
things that are being debated right now. And you know what I mean? I, I found that to be really helpful. And then after the siege on the Capitol, man, I was like trying to understand that and trying to, I don't know. I was like trying to figure out how to make heads or tails in terms of what was going on there. What the fuck is happening inside the Republican party? Like all this stuff. I was like, where do I turn to like, understand? I was like trying to watch coverage on CNN. I was like, fuck no, I can't watch this on CNN. It's the whole world is ending on CNN. Put on Fox news. They're saying the same shit as CNN, honestly, at the time. So that was like a little interesting, but even then it was like, man, I, you know, these guys are going to turn around and, I can listen 24 hours and start singing some other tune. And, and that's exactly what happened. So that wasn't going to be like a source. So, I, you know, it's like, where do I turn? So I, I, I tried, there's this dude named Ben Shapiro, who's like a conservative pundit. Like, and I've seen a couple interviews with him on like YouTube and stuff like that. But he just like, he talks too fast for me. You know, he doesn't really seem like he listens all that much. He seems like the kind of guy who's more interested in winning the debate than he is actually like having himself be challenged, you know? So it's like you're using like debate techniques and shit to sort of get his point across. And uh, I don't know. I don't know. So it was like hard to get into, but then I started listening to this other dude named Jonah Goldberg, who has a podcast called the remnant. And that actually has been really interesting and helpful. This is a conservative guy cut in the cloth of William F. Buckley you know, actually have standards and has an ideology and things like that. I disagree with a, a lot, if not most of what he says in terms of his actual beliefs and politics, stuff like that. But at the same time, like I found it really helpful listening to him talk about the challenges in the Republican Party in the wake of the Trump presidency and kind of what it's all meant. And the point that he he's made is that, look, he's like, there's there's really two different types of Republicans now. And just to be clear, like this guy was a never Trumper. Like he, he was one of those Republicans who was like a never Trumper. Like we cannot elect this guy Republican. Like that was like where he was coming from. And what he said was, is that nowadays there's really only one of two ways that you could be a good Republican. And really in terms of how people talk about it, only one way that you could be a good Republican. So nowadays, he said, the only way to be a good Republican is like you're like how Republican you are is measured by how much you support Trump, even now. And that's, you know, and, and then the other way would be how Republican you are would be based off of how close you hold to the ideologies of conservatism, you know, of, of uh, in America, what that means is, you know, federalism, so strong power to the states, which, yeah, I'm, I'm behind that for sure. And then smaller government, you know, getting government out of our businesses, which I'm not behind that. I just think you have to fucking regulate the shit out of capitalism. <laughs> like that's my big, big, big government when it just, when it comes to capitalism, like you've got to regulate the shit out of capitalism because when given a chance, we're going to, we're going to just allow everything to be defined by greed. So yeah, I'm, I'm not in agreement with that, but um, you know, th these are the kinds of things that Republicans sort of stand for and the, the ideologies that made the party are dead in comparison to just the importance of supporting Trump, you know, which is awful. But what that's shown me is that, you know, where the real divide that's happening in America, like, like where the real front lines are in terms of one side versus the other. And we'll say one side is these sort of blind Trump supporters who are 
completely taken with conspiracy theories right now and are way more interested in supporting a cult of personality in Trump that they see a kind of saviorism through him in comparison to having an actual ideology and throwing your voting weight and your money weight and your, you know, social conscious and exercise weight into, into the ideology that you stand for as, as opposed to just this person. In the Republican Party, you know, it's just that right now, to be a good Republican is measured by how much you fucking support Trump. And that's not good. And so I, I guess what I'm seeing here is that the real fault line isn't this kind of aisle between the Republicans and the Democrats. The real fault line currently is between Republicans and Republicans, right? Like it's in the Republican Party where that fault line exists. And the last kind of, the last stand between, you know, this country, half of it being governed by a kind of cult of personality, nationalistic thing, and actually having a society of laws and debates is, is between these two different sides in the Republican Party. And Trumpism is winning. Like, it's really winning. You know, it's been said that if, if, you, if you allow the Senate to take an anonymous vote to impeach Trump, to convict Trump on the impeachment, and thereby ban him from running for president ever again, then he would be banned from running from, you know, he'd be convicted, right? He would be fully impeached because they'd be able to hide their votes. The Republicans who want to vote for him, but feel like they can't because their base supports him so much that, that they'd be able to vote for him in that scenario. There would be people who still would vote for him to be acquitted because they really do actually believe that he shouldn't, you know, he shouldn't have been impeached. And he didn't do anything wrong by sending a fucking mob to kill them. <laughs> he didn't have any control over what was happening there or some shit like that. So yeah, there are Republicans actually believe, but the majority of them are just, are just, you know, power hungry people who are beholden to their voters base who don't know shit about what really go, what's really going on here. You know, and they feel like they can't publicly go against Trump because then they'll lose the next election to someone who will, like who who will, you know, totally subscribe to that kind of mindset. So then there are people who actually got the guts to like vote. I think there are six or seven Republicans who voted publicly, you know, in the Senate to not acquit him of the impeachment, but to actually hold, you know, to actually. Um, convict him of it. There's six or seven Republicans that did that. And then beyond those six or seven, there's another handful that voted to acquit him, but also condemned him in that process. That just was like, from the mindset of it's time for us to move on, you know, or there's something like legalistic about the, about the articles of impeachment that make it so that you can't really convict. And so whatever, but, you know, like they're on, they're, they're basically condemning Trump and his presidency and his actions there, right? They're, they're able to do it. So, yeah, I mean, you put it all together and it's like, maybe there's, 
10, 12, maybe 15 Republicans on the side of reason who can publicly be on the side of reason. That's, that's some scary shit right there. That's really scary. And then I listen to these podcast episodes, you know, by Jonah Goldberg, where he's clearly, you know, on the side of reason here. And I think to myself, well, how many listeners does he have? A hundred thousand, a couple hundred thousand, you know? And uh, are they mostly like me, Democrats who are like, who the fuck? (laughs) Is there anyone in the Republican Party who has reason? We, oh, here's a guy. Oh, let's just listen to him. It feels so good to hear a Republican who's got reason. Is it people like me who's, who that's what they're getting out of it? I don't think so. I, I think it's probably Republicans. And I think it's hopefully Republicans who are just fucking sick of it. And who maybe start to take back their party. You know, it's like if we Democrats really wanted to do something good for the country... We would be do everything, doing everything in our power to help them, to help that small group of fucking cornered Republicans to retake their party with an ideology. And if we really wanted to do some good for our country, that's what we Democrats would be doing. But we're not. You know why? Because Trump is a perfect wedge issue for the Republican Party, meaning that Trump divides Republicans. Trump divides Republicans just enough to divide their vote and to give us a better chance to win. You know, there are a lot of people who voted Biden who would have been happier voting a reasonable Republican candidate. And so that's what the Democrats, that's what we're looking at. We're, we're, we're looking at a situation where it's like the Republicans have kind of fucked themselves with this person for now, for now. The fear is if the side of reason loses, like if the Jonah Goldbergs of the world are just like, fuck fuck it, we need to go and like, uh, we need to just start our own party or join the Democrats and move them right. Do you know what I mean? Something like that. And then it's just, it's just a great, you know, just the, the national political debate and divide is between reason and not reason. That's what it would be. And I don't think that's a good thing because that's not a debate. That's reason versus nationalism. You know, and here's the thing. Nationalism feels better than reason does. It just does. Nationalism feels amazing. Because unlike reason, nationalism makes you feel like you're a part of something. It feels like bigger purpose. And reason just feels like pain in the ass. Because reason is the thing that's going to tell you that you're wrong when you really, really wish that you were right. So, you know, I'm a little, I'm a little nervous about the direction this company is, this country is moving in. But I have hope. You know, I have hope, and I'm finding it because there, there is such a thing as a reasonable. Republican voice.
who hate everything that I've hated that's come out of the Republican Party, especially the past four years. Who's amazed that the Senate could be essentially overrun, sent running for their lives from a lynch mob that was sent to them by somebody who they then turned around and acquitted? It doesn't really seem like that's something that a person can be able to do. Unless they like their jobs and they're looking back at their voting electorate and they're thinking to themselves, if I vote to convict this person, I will not win the next election. That's terrifying. That's terrifying. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens there. We'll see what happens there. But it's nice to it's nice to actually sort of hear it talked about in that setting. You know, if you get a chance, I don't know if it'll do the same thing for you that it's done for me, but if you get a chance, you've got the time, yeah, go listen to the it's called the Remnant Podcast by Jonah Goldberg. And he has interviews on and things like that. And then just back up to like the pot the episode after the you know, the Capitol riots. And then just go from there. <laughs> essentially what I've done. And it's like, oh, it's been it's just been really helpful for me to listen to that along those lines. So, uh, so yeah, so that's kind of, you know, that's what I've been doing there to sort of stay on top of it. I wish it was warmer. I haven't been able to get in the pool as much as I enjoy. I mean, it's been freezing and I kind of, I was just like, all right, I need to set like a, like a boundary in terms of exactly how cold I'm willing for it to be to, to like actually get in the, get in the pool and swim. So I just said it, I said it at 65. It needs to be 65. I've discovered that there's, there's warm 65 and then there is cold 65. So there's 65s where it's like sunny and I can swim. And then there's 65 where it's like cloudy and I can't swim. So if I can have the sun out at 65, then I think I can get in the pool. So for the past like two, two and a half weeks, basically, there's been, there's been no swimming. I think I got in like one day, a couple, like a week, week and a half ago or so. It felt great because it was warm enough, but it's just not been warm enough here in San Diego. Not that I'm complaining because I'm the only person in my family besides my kids who live here and everybody else is somewhere colder. Everybody else is somewhere colder. So that's, you know, I got family back East that are like, man, really, really in some cold weather business. So I'm not like complaining, but I am saying that it would, if I could be in the pool, it would be, I would appreciate it. And supposedly it's supposed to get warmer starting tomorrow. So I'm hoping I'll be able to get in and start getting some laps in on a more regular basis. They're painting my apartment complex now. So that's kind of nice. So, you know, there's nothing like sort of a little bit of a new look to a thing to feel a little refreshed and new and paint job that we had had was definitely old and haggard and dirty and stuff. And so it's not just painting, but it's also cleaning everything. And then it's just a fresh, clean, nice looking paint job. So right now they're on my, they're doing my building. Like right now. I mean, not right now. It's nighttime right now. But as I talk to you, it's now, I'm not entering the third day of having my windows covered in plastic (laughs) and people climbing up and down ladders all around the place climbing onto my balcony, climbing off my balcony and all of my outdoor furniture in my living room, including my barbecue. (laughs) 
So I'm, I'm pretty much looking forward to them getting over with. I'm hoping that they at least take the plastic sheets off my window. I mean, I feel like I'm living in like a, in like a set from the TV show Dexter. Not that I fucking watch Dexter, but I feel like every show that has a, a serial killer and a lot of death scenes has plastic sheets over the windows and then all sorts of plastic sheets just hanging randomly in the room. And I just feel like that's just like a part of it, you know? So yeah, the, the, the plastic sheets in the windows, but it also like cuts off the light and I, you know, you can't open the window and get any kind of fresh air or anything like that. So it's just generally speaking a bummer, you know, just having the windows covered, but it's okay. They're making it through. I got a little paint on my favorite sweater because <laughs> I bumped and it's a lot harder to take my dog, you know, in and out. Cause we have to like navigate the steps without like, touching the walls, which she doesn't understand. You know, she doesn't get it. All she knows is that her alert is up because there's men climbing up and down past the windows and she's not going outside as much because, you know, there's paint all over the floor and all over the walls and things like that. So that's been, uh, that's been fun. <laughs> so that's where they're at now, but I'm hoping, I mean, they're, they definitely have gotten like the bulk of it done. And I'm hoping that I'm really hoping that the sheets will come off tomorrow. That's my that's my main wish that the sheets come off tomorrow. And I think that they've done what they've had to do to take the sheets off. So fingers crossed. Just on they're on one more night, and then by tomorrow morning or tomorrow afternoon, the paint will be dry enough that they'll be able to take the sheets off, and we'll have some fresh air and full light again. So that that'll be that'll be nice. But uh, you know. In the meantime, it's fine. There's the things you got to do. I, I had another dentist appointment today. <laughs> More my cavity nonsense. Oh, man. But even there, I'm almost done. I'm almost there. You know, I've had three quarters of my mouth now, the cavities sort of dug out and filled. All I have left is the lower left side. Got a couple of cavities and a couple of molars in the lower left side. And then apparently I grind my teeth at night and clench clench my teeth at night. I used to do it a lot during the day, but I stopped that. Nothing quite like a really painful cavity to stop you from clenching your teeth. So I don't really do that so much anymore, but apparently I do it in my sleep, which means I have to wear a night guard now when I sleep, which apparently is going to be nice and comfy. So we'll see uh, what that's all about. But I also have to get that sized and fitted. So I've got that going on. But once I do the cavities and the night guard, then I'm basically all done for now. You know, I mean, there might be some things that come up here and there. Aside from that one cavity that knocked that tooth in half, that basically I had to have, re- not basically, that I had to have removed and then replaced with the fake tooth, which is all a part of sort of what I've been going through during the past number of months of the pandemic. Um, I, I uh, you know, but I really haven't had any major tooth pains outside of that one tooth, which isn't to say like they're all not like, basically falling apart, which they sort of are, but that's, that was like sort of where it was at. So today was the upper left side. And aside from the first time that I went in where, you know, I really didn't know what to expect. And then it just kind of all happened. And it was like, as it was happening, it was like, Oh, this is what, so now I at least know what to expect. But this time was probably the most painful of all the times. It's just not the right level of Novocaine, I think in the beginning, which it's true. Like I did end up getting like less Novocaine, but I wasn't complaining because that's my least favorite. Like I really hate having a needle in my mouth. It's just awful. 
it's like truly awful to have a needle in my mouth. And so, you know, just the, just that whole thing, but I don't think we did like enough Novocaine. So it was like a little painful or whatever. So, so th this was definitely like the most challenging of, of the, of those sessions. But again, it's like, I mean, I just have the, just one more side and then the mouth guard and then just regular cleanings and that's it, you know, and that's it. So that feels really good to almost be done with that. That feels really, really good. So, yeah. So that's kind of, uh, that's kind of what I got going on. So in summary, <laughs> I like, I like being able to get on this show and talk about the stuff that's important to me. And, and look, I don't really care who's listening, but I, I do because it's like, can we, can we just, can we just all be healthy, you know, and, and listen to things like this for the right reasons and not for the wrong reasons. So, so to cover it, there's that, uh, politics <laughs> we're fucked, but I think there might be some hope because there are reasonable, good people out there and people who like listening to reasonable, good people. So we can take some, take some solace in that and some understanding that there's, there's people out there who are good and all that stuff. And, you know, turns out if you you can't it's like uh it's like the old metaphor if your room's a mess it doesn't really matter what you pick up first just pick up something and then go from there a lot of people it's like your room is a mess and then you look around it's like i don't even know where to start and so i'm just not going to start but that's the thing if your room is a mess it doesn't actually matter where you start you could just start anywhere I mean, if you do a little bit here a little bit there a little bit here a little bit there and at some point it's like progress you know progress that's how I'm feeling right now. You know, I've done a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit there, a little bit here, and I feel progress. And that's a good thing. And even if I don't, you know, there's going to be a moment down the road where I have another panic attack or there are things like that that go on. But even if I don't, you know, it, it says nothing about my ability and my capability to do the things that I need to do to be a, a good person, good man, to fulfill my responsibilities and things like one has nothing to do with the other, you know? And I, I just know, you know, that, that, that confidence and understanding, like I, I have that and I feel it. So yeah, that's what's, that's what's going on. Look, as always, thank you so much for listening, for joining, for taking part. If you want to, you know, write and be a part of the conversation, please feel free to do that. You can still find me at josh at periveritas.com. Uh, I promise I'll try not to let so much time pass between episodes. I, I was really on a good roll there. So I want to kind of keep this going. So I, I am going to keep this going. Obviously, I, I still I've got one more interview that I want to try to see if I can make happen. It's just a person I need to reach out to. So hopefully I can make that happen at some point. We kind of been trying and then we weren't able to find a time. And then it's sort of like, I kind of let it die out, you know, so I'm going to try to reach out to them again and see if I can make that happen. And then I do want to start cycling back to the folks I've interviewed already and just check up, you know, uh, I want to go back to this. So that, that's going to be what I do after, after I reach out. And then the other piece is Andre and I are working on a little side project here, you know, from the kind of tradition that we've been doing with the Josh and Andre save the world piece. So Dre got kind of inspired. So like, well, why don't we, just do a whole podcast. It's just us talking about big topics and big issues. And I was like, that sounds like fun. 
so we actually we we we're not 100 sure what we're calling it we're thinking about calling it future thoughts the future thoughts foundation podcast or something kind of cool like that um, we recorded a kind of practice session we're going to tackle leadership as our first topic and we recorded like kind of a, a practice intro um, and we both kind of like it, but we want to re-record it to try to kind of catch us at the right level of energy and things like that. So, so we're kind of efforting that. So as we, as that comes into focus, I'll make sure to talk about it here, obviously. So you can go over there and listen to me and Dre talk. And, you know, obviously I love talking to the guy and Hey, listen, he's got an awesome voice, right? So like, if nothing else, just go over there and listen to that pod. It's just like a leadership ASMR. <laughs> Uh, you got to be a good communicator. That's important. You know, you got to be a good communicator. Uh, you know, it's just like right to sleep. So I don't think that's our intention, but I think that's probably probably the way the way it's going to go. Anyway, all right. Well, thank you so much as always for joining. Uh, look forward to um, next episode. And uh, yeah, I really got to get like I got to get like a kind of like a, a sign out a sign out phrase you know like uh i don't know i don't know i gotta come up with a sign out phrase but i get you know peace out i guess is good enough for now but i gotta get a better sign out phrase like that you know keep it together or something <laughs> i might just go with that i'm just gonna go with that that's my new sign out phrase keep it together <laughs> so there you have it oh goodness gracious until next time keep it together <laughs> <laughs>